Amen. Now on the face of it, this story seems pretty straightforward, though certainly countercultural for Jesus' time. From the opening juxtaposition, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Jesus' original audience would have been made uneasy instantly. The Pharisees were considered to be the most religious, most holier-than-thou people in town, because it's true. They went above and beyond what the customs required regarding fasting and the giving of what they had to help others. And tax collectors? Well, they were pawns of the Roman Empire, extracting wealth from their community. To get the full picture, John Dominic Crossan, in his amazing work on this parable, suggests that we imagine a modern equivalent in which a Roman Catholic priest opens his Sunday sermon like this. A pope and a pimp went up to St. Peter's to pray. Shocking stuff. We might pause here for a moment and come up with our own cast of characters. The televangelist and the slumlord the area conference minister, and the MAGA patriot. But it gets even more shocking as Jesus does his Jesus thing and flips everything on its head to show the religious leader who uses his prayer as a backhanded compliment of his own holiness compared to the tax collector who the, the community viewed with suspicion and contempt but who, in fact, shows true contrition and humility in his prayer. Oh, Jesus, you got us again. The last shall be first, and the first shall be last. The humble will be exalted, and the exalted will be humbled. It's a theme that we've seen before in the parable of Lazarus and the rich man, which Rick shared with us just a few weeks ago, and the parable of the Good Samaritan, which we heard back in August. The person that we thought was the bad guy is actually the good guy, and the person we thought was the good guy turns out to be, well... But wait a minute. Did Jesus just trick us again into doing exactly what the Pharisee did? So now we're the ones saying, dear God, thank you that I am not like that Pharisee who doesn't get it. Oh, wait. Hmm. Jesus wasn't just a storyteller. Jesus shared parables with the people. And parables are not like fairy tales or fables or myths. They are not pithy little stories that wrap up neatly with a clear message. Parables are challenge texts to be grappled with over and over again. Read this parable again, and maybe this time, let's not judge the Pharisee too quickly, for we might reframe his prayer slightly and wonder if we have uttered it ourselves. Maybe we haven't said, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like other people, but what about on seeing someone down on his luck there but for the grace of God go I. We all have our blind spots, and remembering this should help to keep us humble. But even in our humility, like the tax collector, again, we have our blind spots. 
for the tax collector may recognize the ways in which he's not living God's will in the world, and he's beating his chest and begging for God's mercy, but the tax collector's blind spot is that he can scarcely comprehend God's abundant grace, which is for all people, even him. This passage isn't just about getting us to see the ways in which we're falling short or the areas where we need improvement. It's also about the good news of God's forgiveness and grace. Jesus shared the parables with his followers out loud, like this. Now, do you imagine when he spoke these words that the crowd remained hushed and silent for an hour as he spoke? Or would there have been interruptions and pushback, arguments and disagreements, not only between the speaker and the hearers, but among the hearers themselves? It is exactly this kind of setting where a speaker delivers to an audience a challenge, a surprise, something unexpected, in which it may just be possible to attempt to raise the consciousness of the listeners by luring and leading them into thinking for themselves. In other words, challenge parables, paint a provocative picture, and become participatory pedagogy. How'd you like that? It's good. It's a collaborative educational experience. If an audience kept complete silence during a challenge parable from Jesus and then filed past him afterwards saying, lovely parable this morning, Rabbi, Jesus would have failed utterly to have moved people's hearts. I imagine for Jesus, when the crowd debated and argued and questioned and articulated their views, that is what he was really after. Challenge parables encourage us to debate and argue, ponder, and wonder, and above all else, to practice that gift of human spirit known as thinking. They get us thinking about who God is and who we are, about what we believe and how we are to live our faith in the world, about the assumptions and prejudices of social, political, and economic structures, Challenge parables make room for questions, room for doubt. In fact, they put these front and center as virtues of living a life of faith and discipleship. The give and take of exploring these challenging topics in community is part of the work of living in faith, challenging assumptions, including people in community who were not the people that you'd expect to be righteous looking for learning in the unexpected places. This is the real work of being a faith community together. And at the risk of sounding like a certain Pharisee, Old South, this is something we do quite well. Challenge assumptions like taxation without representation and stir some debate, and in our case, kick off the American Revolution. Seek out God's blessing in unexpected people and places like the LGBTQ community at the height of the AIDS crisis or during the fight for marriage equality. 
Always be debating and listening, questioning and learning, as we did recently at the Community Hour Forum as we looked at the theological implications of our use of language in worship. And if this didn't already sound like enough of a plug for the Community Hour Forum, as we will do in November, when we explore the thinking of theologians on the big theological questions. We believe that God is still speaking. Will you say it with me? God is still speaking. Speaking through challenging parables like this one, seemingly simple, but endlessly intricate with new learnings peeled back with each reading. We believe that God is still speaking, that the book isn't closed, that our debating is spirit-led, and that to live authentically and honestly in community together, we must participate in the conversation and shape our world together. We believe that God is still speaking, helping us to find our blind spots and open our eyes to the blessedness in people all around us, even those we might look askance at. We believe that God is still speaking and inspires us to speak out as well, for this world needs more people who question assumptions, who debate and stand up for, against unjust assumptions that have been too long ingrained. We believe that God is still speaking, calling us to seek out that voice in the unexpected places. This is the work of this place, and this is the work of our faith. Amen.